everyone. This is just a quick discretion at the start of this episode that there are a few sensitive topics that we will speak about in this episode, such as um, sexual violence, kidnapping, torture. So if that isn't something that you're comfortable with right now, we completely understand. And if you want to skip this episode, again, completely understand your mental health is more important than listening to us. And we hope to see you in the next one. everyone and welcome back to the better watch horror podcast i'm your host patrick and i'm celeste and as always we are here to share our love of everything horror and true crime can't forget about them true crimes no 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 is it obvious that i picked what we're talking about today (laughs) i thought i'd let him have a shot at doing his true crime Mm, i've wanted to do this since we started yes you're welcome so, obviously, we are talking about uh, true crimes. Sorry, I was about to say horror movies. <laughs> My bad. True crimes that were inspired by horror movies. So, these have been true crimes that have happened where the killer has, or well, the murderer or yeah. killer or whatever has dressed as a character from a movie or done things like were done in the movie or yeah. used the movie. Or even <laughs> when I was writing the first story. When I talk about it, is it was linked to the story. So, there was things that they did that was linked to said story, but yeah. wasn't really directly involved with said true crime. Yeah. And I learned that as I was halfway through writing about it <laughs> and I was like, shit. But that's okay. It's still important to talk about these cases. Mm. And look, I'm not here to offend anyone, but I don't see how people are into true crime. Like, I totally understand why it's like me being into horror horror movies but i know it's fake yeah when i was reading about some of the shit and researching this some of the shit my stomach was turning the whole time and i was like how the hell are people like just sit there like you you i'd walk home and you'd be watching something on like ted bundy or jeffrey dharma and you'd be there like smiling and like oh this is so interesting and i'd be like sick to my stomach because to me like it's like a fascination and I then go and research the cases and like find out why I like to know the why. Yeah. Where in, as in movies, you don't really get that, you know, sometimes. Well, we all know you, you are smarter than me, 100%. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just don't see how. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. And I decided to start a podcast where I talk about it. Yes. But that's all right. I'll probably work my way there. I'm still... I'm new. getting there, guys. I'm getting there. I'm still new to this side. That's <laughs> like I'm easing him into it. It's like when we well when we did our horror ranks video, which thank you for the love on that. Especially shout out. Let's shout out Ginger Ninja. Like he has <laughs> been amazing to to us and we appreciate him so much. So yeah. if you don't follow him, please, 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 please do. On YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, like his name is Jason, I think. Yeah. Because all of his Accounts. Oh, that was my wrist. Oh. <laughs> How did that happen? You old man. I am an old man. No, I'm not. I'm 25 this year. I'm not old. <laughs> Why did my wrist just click? Oh. But anyway, I'm trying to do a shout out and my body just decides to shut down. Um, Yeah, so here's JK, which yeah. I'm pretty sure are his initials. And yeah, we just want to 
share the love, honestly, that he's been giving us. Like, we appreciate it so much. Yeah. But anyway, back to what we're talking about. So, when I think uh, true crime that's been inspired by a horror movie... I straight away go to Child's Play 3. Like I, when I first watched Child's Play 3, I already knew about the crime that had happened. So that's where I'm going to start off with because it then links into a crime that happened before it but wasn't really talked about as much because it happened around the same time as this one. Yeah. Which was involved with Child's Play 1. So obviously with Child's Play 3, I am talking about the murder of James Bulger, the two-year-old boy. So on February 12th, 1993... Two-year-old James Bulger was taken by Venables and Thompson when his mother, Denise, was momentarily oh, sorry, momentarily distracted at a butcher shop. So Bulger was taken to various places by the boys where they would finally head to a deserted railway tracks at a nearby village. This shit, man. Like, these kids were 10 and they that's, didn't have the two-year-old. I think that's what's worse is that they, like, their children themselves. Mm-hmm. I, like, this is one of the scariest ones for me. Like, how do kids do that? Anyway, yeah. Continue. Anyway, I will continue. <laughs> um, so his captors punch, kicked, and stoned Bulger to death while also throwing pain on him and into his left eye. Bulger's lifeless body was then tied to a railway track where he was found days later. The boys were found guilty of murder and sentenced to imprisonment that was to be constantly reviewed. I mean, it makes sense. They were only kids themselves. In June of 2001, they were both paroled and given new names. Yeah, because they might have been like 18 by then. Mm. There's like a minor like law, like if things happen to a child or a child commits a crime, there's like no like information on it that it's not public information that anyone can have access to. Yeah. And then they'll get their names changed so that they can have a whole new identity. Yeah. So in the trial, it was suggested that the exposure to a violent film may have influenced the boy's behavior. And it was revealed that Venables may have been exposed to Child's Play 3 when his father rented it a month earlier. But his father refuted the claim that his son had ever watched the movie. The main investigator of the murder gave evidence that Venables wasn't living with his father at the time, so the chances of seeing Child's Play 3 was highly unlikely. But this is where I'm like, okay, I see why everyone hates the media and the media just blows it out of proportion because they use the similarity of a scene where, well, in the report I read, they said there's a scene in Child's Play 3 where the possessed Chucky is doused with paint and beaten to death and as you were like, what? The massive <laughs> Child's Play fan I am, I was like, the person who wrote this has never seen <laughs> Child's Play 3. And I can tell you the scene where they might have thought it had happened. Yeah. So it's the scene where, so obviously Child's Play 3 is where Andy's in his teenage years and he goes off to military school and Chucky ends up finding his way to him because he like still yeah. that thing that Andy needs to be the one he... Has to transfers his soul yeah. into because he was the, the first, first one to find out who Charles Lee Ray really was. Yeah, but like, then he finds another little boy named Tyler. Like the, it's not, it's the shittest Child's Play movie out of all of them. Like it, I fucking hate it so much. It's just boring as shit. And yeah, but we're not here to talk about the movie. So the scene, well, I'm talking about the movie though. I'm not making any more sense anymore. What scene in the movie could they be getting confused with because they don't watch the movie? The scene is when the like the military school gets split in half into two teams, oh, a that, red team that, and a blue yeah. team, and they have like war games. And before they head out, Chucky 
replaces the red team's paint bullets with live rounds. Well, not all of them. It's just some of them, isn't it? No, every gun. Oh, is it? Every gun. Oh, well, I think every red team gun because Andy was on the blue team. So he was hoping oh, Andy would die. Okay, yeah. To stop him. So Andy can't stop Chucky from transferring his soul into okay. Tyler. Fair. But what happens is the bully who's been like tormenting, I can't remember the character's name. It's okay. Um, he was tormenting Andy and especially when Chucky started appearing again. And then Chucky exposes who he really is to the bully and the bully gets shot because they didn't realize that it was live rounds. Yeah. So I think that's because that's the only paint scene I can think of in a Child's Play movie. Yeah. And they are talking about Child's Play 3. Yeah. I'm like. But also at the same time, like throwing paint on someone is different to like paintball guns. Yeah. Like the amount of paint is not the same. Yeah, no. No, these were like little paint splatters. But if they're saying that these two boys doused Bulger with paint, Mm. like that's so different. Yeah. Media just fucking likes to blow everything (laughs) out of proportion when they don't need to. So it was evident that Venables had an an aversion to horror films. Mm. Which is kind of scary at 10. Like that's a bit young. scary at 10. But like I know some people... Some YouTubers that we watch, they're like, yeah, I started watching horror films when I was 10, 11. We didn't get, well, you didn't get exposed to them until I met you. So I was what, 20? 20. And I was exposed to them at 14. Yeah. I think that's when I first, so a lot. But look, it probably also depends on the child as well. Like, obviously, some of the people that we know that it was younger, they were a bit more mature, I guess. Yeah. And like, could understand that this is a movie. Yeah. Not real life. Yeah. Obviously, these children weren't that, like, developed in their brain yet. Yeah. To know the difference between them. Yeah, exactly. So, while this trial was going on, there was another murder of a woman named Suzanne Cappers, or Capers. Uh, She was also linked to Child's Play, but was overlooked because of the murder trial of Bulgers, because obviously a two-year-old being killed this way is pretty horrific. Yeah. But... Being that this murder was linked in, I decided to talk about it and just link <laughs> both together. Okay. So, Child's Play 1 was the movie that was linked to the murder and torture of Suzanne. So, Suzanne was described as a high-spirited, well-mannered girl who just wanted to be loved. In 92, 1992, sorry, when Suzanne was 16 years old, she started to act out. She surrounded herself with the wrong people, Jean Powell, Bernadette McNeely, Glenn Powell and Anthony Dudson. So these people would take advantage of her and like one example being Jean told her to work but would take all of her earnings leaving her with only five pounds which is $6.88. What? Yeah, that's all she'd leave her with. Oh gosh, because she just wanted friends. Yeah, because Suzanne still saw all these people as friends. Oh my gosh. In autumn of 1992, Suzanne went back to her mother's house after being beaten badly by the group, and her mother turned her away. Oh, no. Suzanne was accused of having stolen an expensive pink coat and, again, was badly beaten. What? I don't understand. I don't understand either. This is the story where I was just, my stomach was turning and I wanted to throw up because I was like, who in their fucking right mind would be like this? But with the movie you're going to talk about next, I was like, holy shit. Like, I just don't get it. I know. So, in December of 1992, Powell, McNeely, 
Glynn and Dunson all got infected with pubic lice and collectively blamed Suzanne for it. What? And after the first rounds of beaten beatings, Suzanne went back to her stepfather's house. Unless they were all just sleeping together. like While well, they were all like, one was like an estranged husband. I think Glenn was the estranged husband of Pal and McNeely was dating Anthony. And What the heck? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a whole bunch of what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> so on December 7th of 1992, Suzanne was tricked by the group into believing that a boy she fancied wanted to meet her but instead they took her to the house. They forced her down while Glenn forcefully shaved her head, eyebrows and pubic hair all off. What? They tied her to the bed where she used to sleep and beat her with belt buckles and wooden spoons. They forced her into a wooden cupboard and would stay. she would just stay there. What? And because Bernadette had kids, or Jean had kids, one of them had kids, and Suzanne was like constantly like screaming out for help and crying that... Bernadette like pulled her out of the cupboard and put her down the house, like down the street so where no one was. So the kids couldn't hear. So the kids couldn't hear. Oh my God. The next five days, they continued to torture her by burning cigarettes <gasps> into her and injecting her with an- amphetamines. Sorry, I'm like fucking choking up because I fucking hate talking about this. Jeez. Um, they also tied her up to an upright bed frame and subjected her to physical and sexual torture. My God. This is where Child's Play 1 was linked in. They would constantly taunt her with the saying, Chucky is coming to play, and force her to listen to rave music on high volume by putting headphones on her, and the song they used was Hi, I'm Chucky, Wanna Play, which was, I think, a popular rave song of the time, and it used snippets from Child's Play 1 in the song. Oh, okay. I see the connection now. Yeah. By the end of the week... Both of Suzanne's arms were broken, her body was covered in burnt monks, and she had a few missing teeth, and her entire skin was red. This is because they would force her also to have baths in laundry, or not laundry detergent, but just detergent, liquid detergent, and make her like wash herself with like a stiff brush until all of her skin would like just fall off. Yeah. On the 14th of December... The group forced Suzanne into the trunk of a car and drove her 15 miles away to a secluded area. They forced her into a ditch filled with thorns and branches and proceeded to douse her body with petrol to then light her on fire. What? Bernadette would then shout out the phrase, burn baby burn, as the group laughed and left her there to die. What? Suzanne somehow managed to crawl out of the ditch and crawl to the nearest highway where she would get help, but eventually succumbed to her injuries and die on the 18th of December. That's so messed up. Mm. Like, she thought they were her friends. And they did that to her. And they did that to her. Oh, my gosh. That poor lady. And it's like, again, the media blew out the proportion because they used the song and because yeah. they mentioned Chucky, they said, well, Charles Play 1. They watched Charles Play 1 because... Yeah. Like, and it's like, no, these, these fucks were just sick individuals. Yeah, who just wanted... Who just... Used probably who was one of the biggest slasher yeah at the time out there at the time because Child's Play three was just coming out yeah or it had come out um yeah that's so sad it is so sad but they fucking got the karma they deserved I'm pretty sure they all got like life sentences well, yeah they have to and because before Suzanne died she named every single one of them yeah because because she hadn't had just enough days. time to. Let the police know who had did it. Uh, did it. Who had done it? Yeah. Sorry, English is shit. 
Who had done it? Jeez. You can talk about the next one because I am done. (laughs) Mentally, I am done. Okay. After that. So I first heard of this story a few years ago, I think. Um, I like to watch Bailey Sarian's videos on YouTube. You're also a big (laughs) obituary fan. Like, (laughs) you just listen to that all the time. Yeah. But, like, it's probably why I've got more of an open mind to do this side of things. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. But, um, yeah, so Bailey had done this video on Cassie Stoddard and it's it's stuck with me for years. So this murder is very much linked to the Scream movies. Yeah, because the killers mentioned that they wanted to be like the killers in Scream. Yeah. And, again, this is like, it's like the Suzanne one. She thought, like, they knew each other. Yeah. And she probably thought they were mate. But I think this is kind of different. It is kind of different, but it's oh, just still fucked up and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So on September 22nd in 2006, Cassie Stoddard was house sitting at her on an uncle's house, which was seven miles away from her own home in Idaho. And so while she was there, she invited her boyfriend, Matt, to come over just to spend some time together. And he also brought along two of his friends, Tori and Brian. So Tori and Brian were classmates of Cassie's, but they had aspirations that they wanted to be like famous killers and clever ones, like like they'd seen in Scream with Ghostface. Like those two friends, Stu and Stu. Billy. So they wanted to be like them. And so the boys had created a death list and had the name of several of their classmates on it, which is terrifying. Fucked up. So the four of them spent a couple of hours together, you know, watching movies on the couch, chatting, whatever, before they had to go and they secretly unlocked the basement door before they left so they could come back in later so that they wouldn't know. So they returned later and parked down the street and got dressed in dark clothes, gloves and painted masks, kind of like ghost face. Um, And so they snuck through the unlocked door while Cassie and Matt were watching TV and they tortured the couple for hours. So they would make loud noises from the basement to try and like lure them down there, but like it wasn't working. So they found the circuit breaker and cut the power so that like Cassie and Matt kind of had to go and investigate to fix the power because it's late at night, pitch black house. That's kind of (laughs) scary. Um, and so Matt noticed that one of the family's dogs was just barking at the basement door the whole time. And apparently nothing was there, obviously, because nothing should be there. And he could see that Cassie was like terrified. Rightfully so. Yeah, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> It'd be fucking shit scary. I mean, Just I'm scared like, in my own house. As soon as I turn the light off in the kitchen, I run to the bedroom. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's probably more thanks to Skinamarink now. Well, no, I'm just scared of the dark in general. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that's, I think it's just when we watch Skinamarink now, every time I turn off the light, I'm like, fuck it. Bolt, see ya. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> so obviously because they didn't really want to go down to the basement to fix the power or anything and they didn't really know how to i mean they're only kids like i wouldn't know how to fix it yeah so matt called his mum and was like hey there's something happening at this house and cassie's really kind of scared is okay if she comes and stays the night and we'll like go back in the morning to check on the dogs and her on an uncle's house but cassie was like no like i have to stay here my aunt and uncle have asked me to stay here for a reason i'm not just gonna leave I'll be fine. So Matt left and Cassie was all alone in the house and Matt like called Tori and Brian to see if they wanted to like catch up 
later that night before he went home because he didn't really want to go home yet. And so Tori answered the call, but he was like really quiet and was whispering in the phone. And Matt was like really, really confused, but he was like, oh, you know, I think that they said that they might go to the movies. So maybe there's other people in the cinema that don't really want to talk that loud, which I don't know why he would answer his phone. Yeah, doesn't answer your phone in the cinema. Anywho, each to their own. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, so then Tori and Dr- uh, Brian... Once again, like we're doing all these things to scare Cassie and they headed upstairs with one had a hunting knife and one had a dagger. And so Cassie had managed to fall asleep on the couch and Brian slammed like the closest door, which they were trying to scare her awake, but it didn't work. And then they, when they were like, you know what, stuff it. I'm overplaying this game. It's not working. They proceeded to stab Cassie over 30 times, uh, a dozen of those stabs being fatal and they just left her to bleed out to death. And then the day after, because Cassie was in the house by herself, Matt had hung out with them and then he was trying to get in contact with her, but she wasn't answering and he was like, that's kind of weird. But, you know, he didn't go and check on her, which I thought I think is a bit weird. No. But... Her body wasn't found until a couple of days later when her aunt and uncle came home and found her on the couch, dead. You know what I want to say. I just can't say it. I know. Because then I'll have to bleep it out. Um, And yeah, and also these boys filmed everything. Yeah, I saw it. It, When I was researching it, it was sitting right there. I was like, oh, what's this? And it's... Yeah, night before. Oh, we're planning to do this. Like, we can't believe we're really going to do this. Yeah. The night of, he's like, holy shit. Like, there's no backing out now to then we fucking killed her. I killed her. I, like, stabbed her in the throat. And he's, like, so proud of it. And then you go and hang out with the guy who's fucking dates her the next day. You absolute piece of fucking shit. Yeah. I'm, no, no. Yeah. You're so I think they eventually got found because I think someone that they know or someone at school had overheard them talking and then or they'd found that like death list with the list of their victims that they wanted to kill. So this is why some up. people probably shouldn't be allowed to watch <laughs> horror movies. I'm just putting it out now. All it's right? just sad. We all love horror movies. I feel like it's one of those genres that's like it's underappreciated because of the storytelling can be amazing. But then people like this. (laughs) And then people like this fucking ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Like I'll still watch Scream. I fucking love Scream. Scream is probably one of the It's one of my favorite movies ever. But every time I watch it, I think about this case. And we've watched it so many times since then. But I just think of Cassie. Well, now that's all I'll be thinking of. Yeah. Just, I just, I don't get it. What has to go through someone's mind to be like, yeah, I'm going to kill someone, especially my best friend's girlfriend. I mean, obviously something's wrong in in their brain that makes them not think clearly. Mm, all right. I got one more for you. I got because I'm I'm fucking I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm mentally I'm done with this shit. I apologize. We don't have to do one more. No, nah, I've got one more because okay. I've written it down. Okay. And I like to bust more out. I know. <laughs> That's probably the wrong word, but but <laughs> fuck yeah no I'll, I wrote it down. I'm gonna talk about it. Okay. So I'm talking about Friday the Thirteenth with Sharon Gregory. Sharon. Sharon. Sharon Gregory was killed by a guy named Mark Branch. I'm sorry. I'm just fucking like I'm I'm lost for words with the last two stories. They're just oh they just. I, again, I don't know. And especially with this one, that'll probably be the nail in the coffin for me. I'm done. Gonna have to fucking just try and fall asleep. 
We can watch cute cat videos on YouTube if you, you know. Want. I don't watch cute cat videos. I'll just watch people beat the shit out of each other. Fake, but they're fake fighting. That might not be calming though. Probably not. I'll figure something out. Okay. Do you want me to talk about it? No, I've got it. I've got it. I've okay. got it. I've got it. I'll be all right. Okay. So, yes, on October 24th, 1988, Mark Branch made his horror film fantasies a reality by brutally murdering an 18-year-old college student while dressed as Jason from Friday the 13th. Oh, shit. Sharon Gregory was found in her bathtub by an identical twin. Branch was nowhere to be found, but had sliced up the abdomen, chest, and head of Sharon. According to police chief David McCarthy, Sharon had a psychological profile of Mark in her possession and he wanted it badly. Like that's he so was weird. like, he's like, that's her. I need, I need her. I no, he's like, she's got something of mine and I want it and she's not allowed to have it. So he fucking murdered her. This murder made the town of Greenfield, Massachusetts shut all its doors and cancel every screening of Halloween 4. Fair enough. That was happening that night. Mark was a video expo one employee, so like a video easy blockbuster. Oh, gosh. And when the police raided his house, it was revealed that Branch only rented gory films. Apparently, in his own words, he said, the gorier, the better, which is something I'm never fucking saying again. I know. I was just about to say, I was like, you say that all the time. I say it all the time, and I'm never saying it again. Good. So he had 75 horror films, 64 true crime books, three knives, three hockey masks, and a machete in possession in his house. What? Police set up a command post in Buckland, Massachusetts, after the residents of the town reported seeing Branch. Mark was ultimately found on November 28th, dead, hanging from a tree. Oh. His death was ruled a suicide, but some believe that a vigilante just a vigilant justice ended up dispensing to branch like people believe someone had seen him and, and was like you know what i'm gonna get you yeah just yeah Jeez. like and he's fucking killed him with their own bare hands which fuck that dude deserved every if it yeah. is it, because it's an urban legend well yeah because obviously you don't know if it's true don't or know. not don't know it looks but like i really hope it is because fuck this i'm gonna have to bleep that out now it was bound to come out this episode. It was, it, I was, it was bound to come out. Okay. The urban legend continues to this day while the paper that Sharon wrote about Branch was never to be found. I want to know why she picked him. Like, did she just go into the, like, movie rental place and was like, hmm, he's a weird guy. I want to write a paper about well, him. Or maybe like, she heard, like. That he's a weirdo. Yeah, he's just got this horror. But affi- I mean, maybe don't pick someone that lives in your town to do that on, you know? Mm. That's a bit, bit weird. And that is all the true crime stories we have for you because I just, I couldn't write anymore. Yeah. This, I just, yeah. I feel like this happens every time we do a true crime because I, you're like, you're not like... I haven't exposed you to a lot because I know how, like, you are. But I feel like maybe I should. I'm probably going to have to get better with it if we're going to talk about it. Yes. I apologize, honestly. (laughs) I probably brought the episode down, but, like, fuck me. Well, it's not supposed to be a happy episode. Like, these poor people got murdered by friends and loved ones, you know? I, I didn't mean to offend anyone with what I said. You can be into anything you want. Just for me personally right now, true crime just fucks me up every time. Yeah, and that's okay. And I think the Child's Play and the Scream one, probably the two when I read about them, I was just like, 
almost in tears about what was going on. Like, I haven't found the song that on YouTube that yeah. Suzanne was tortured to. And all the comments I read were, Suzanne didn't deserve this. Rest in peace, Suzanne. And fuck, yeah, she didn't deserve what she got. She just wanted... No one does. She just wanted a group of friends and they did that to her. Yeah. Oh, just... it. Yeah, it's just... It's upsetting. Yeah. It really, really, really is. But anyway, thank you for listening. We do appreciate everyone who listens. You're all legends in our book. <laughs> really? And... um. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Better Watch Horror Pod. Uh, TikTok, BWH Pod. You think we'd be better at this? I, I get them, talk about but it I get the them confused sometimes. Yeah, because Twitter and TikTok are very similar. So TikTok is BWH Pod, yep. and Twitter is official BWH Pod. You can also email us at betterwatchhorrorpod at gmail Yep. And our YouTube channel, Better Watch Horror, which we appreciate all the love we've been getting from that so far. We now bought something. I've lost it. It's here somewhere. But we bought something. We can finally show clips in our videos. Yes. Well, I'll try to figure out how to do it. We're going to try and figure it out. And as soon as we know how to do it, we'll do it. Yeah. But we're getting there. But we're getting there. We honestly, the menu reaction that we did just blew up. And for us, like, we know it's small numbers, maybe to some, but to us, it was amazing. Having more than one view and it's not, like, because usually it's us watching it. Yeah. Um, That's just enough for us. Like, the other people are watching our content and all the likes and comments and things like that. Like, it just, it means a lot and it makes, it makes doing this worth it. Because, yeah. I mean, like, we both work full time. This is just, like, a side hobby like sometimes we don't get to spend time with our family or like go do fun things because we're like, no, we want to put out this content and like it's hard. And as like, yeah, like let's, all right, now we're being real. What? It, it is hard and it the gets- The late nights. And it gets to a point you feel like it's not working out. We only know like it's time. Yeah. Time is like everything. We've only been doing this for a little while, almost six months now, half a year, um- but, like, to see it just keep growing and we're getting comments of, like, you guys are amazing, like, you're funny and we're like, no, we're not. Stop fucking talking <laughs> us up. We're just two people that just wanted to share our love for this genre and for this and for true, well, you mostly true crime. We all know how I feel about true crime. Yes. But I'll get there. But, yeah, just seeing how everything is just falling into place, it's just, it's been amazing and we've been so, so happy to be busting out content all the time yeah and like i feel like we finally found our groove and we're only putting out the content that we want to and that we're happy making and we're just excited for what we're doing and what like we you know we're planning the whole month ahead and yeah like we're we're just we're fully in for this yeah and we're just trying our hardest so any little support means so so much it does and any like input you want to give us like with the clips that we got on our youtube channel like we thank like thank you so so much like we do thank you for that and we know we wanted to put in clips we've wanted to for ages but we just didn't know and we're still like working our way through everything but honestly from the bottom of our hearts thank you thank you thank you for everything so far we will be back in two weeks with another podcast episode going back to ozploitation why we started this yes so excited 
So excited to talk about another Aussie film. Our next YouTube video is a boo-boo redo, which we'll put something up on our Instagram <laughs> to let you know what we'll be doing or the ideas we have and we'll let you guys pick. But sorry for dragging this out so long. Thank you for everything so far and we cannot wait for what the future holds. But for now, I've been Patrick. And I'm Celeste. This is Better Watch Horror and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.